Hello and welcome to another edition of the Standing Room Only Podcast. Yes, I am your host, Ben Standing, and I cover the Washington Commanders for the Athletic, which means I spend all my time trying to figure out what years do, do, do we commemorate this franchise's Super Bowl victories. It is all we seem to be talking about these days. You know, I mean, beyond the quarterback search and crazy ownership and whether Congress is going to, or in the NFL are going to slap this franchise down. But, you know, other than that, these are the things that we worry about here uh, on this podcast and elsewhere in town. Excited to be back with you guys again, talking to everyone here on a Thursday afternoon. Um, Fun podcast. We're going to get right into it here in just a second. I just chatted a few minutes ago with our friends Michael Phillips from the Richmond Times-Dispatch and Brian McNally from NBC Sports Washington. We discussed this crest. What is going on with the numbers on this crest? I know it's not the biggest topic per se, but it does connect with just another example of how this rollout for the name change, the branding change, has not really landed and how so many questions within the organization that reflect how we view this place and this team and everything, how they continue to seemingly miss the mark got into that we also discussed whether Washington seems poised to make some big moves this offseason not just in terms of quarterback but really almost anything when you look at the entire landscape including fan interest the NFL um, investigation and a coach going into his third year Uh, we'll discuss that and then had a fun question as well about the Washington media that you can uh, that you'll hear from us discuss as well then We go all in on the quarterbacks, specifically Jimmy Garoppolo with our friend uh, Matt Barrows from the, well, from, he's the Athletics 49ers insider. So Matt and I talked about Garoppolo. He helped us separate fact from fiction. Okay, some people think Jimmy Garoppolo is a little bit of a bum, I guess, or not that exciting. And yet at the same point, the San Francisco 49ers didn't win games the last few years. When he didn't play, we discussed that trade value, when something might go down and a whole bunch more. So we'll get into a lot of fun stuff here on the standard room only podcast, which of course you can find on iTunes, Spotify, or the athletic app. If you're a subscriber to the athletic, which by the way, you can subscribe. I believe it's like right now, $1 for the next six months. Uh, If you click on any one of my articles or go to this uh, podcast episode, you can subscribe there and get that deal. And then you get everything that comes with the athletic. And of course you make sure you read what I've got on the athletic new articles up this week on Taylor Heineke, um, how he is, uh, how he is dealing with Washington's pretty obvious quarterback search, as well as um, I've got a mailbag that'll be up on Friday. And of course I've already written a bunch about the draft and free and free agency and quarterbacks and so on. So you can check all that out. Um, Like I said, I'm not going to, dilly dally is that a word people use still live these days or am i just old i don't know anyway i'm not going to waste too much time here uh, we're just going to get right into it we'll st- and uh just to make sure i get this in here uh on twitter you can follow matt at matt barrows b-a-r-r-o-s on twitter brian is at b mcnally 14 and it's michael p-r-t-d for michael phillips start with uh, my my conversation with michael phillips and brian mcnally and then we'll get to matt barrows um, let's do it here on the Standard Room Only Podcast. All right. Uh, joining me as promised to talk about the Washington Commanders and what other silliness we can come up with. 
There's plenty always on this beat. Uh, we have here with us Michael Phillips from the Richmond Times Dispatch and Brian McNally from NBC Sports Washington. Gentlemen, uh, definitely appreciate it. Brian, appreciate you getting away from all your Olympic watching. Is, is there anything even happening in the Olympics? I legitimately have no idea. Did there anything good wow. happen? I'm not even watching. Yeah. I'm not busting. How dare you? Ah, I'm just How dare saying. you? Like I'm one of those the, people. The, I'm not paying attention. The biggest story in the whole world happens this morning at the Olympics, and you're totally in the dark. Well, the, at uh, Michaela Schifrin fell down again? No, the, the figure skater from Russia. Oh, I'm aware. She's got, she, well, what? The, the I'm aware. Part? I, I'm aware of the story. I'm aware. I'm vaguely yeah. generally I'm aware. The doping, part, the doping part, or she didn't make the podium part? It's, it, let's talk about the commanders. We, we need to stay in your wheelhouse here. You're, you're out of your way. <laughs> Just watch primetime tonight. That's all I ask. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll 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 do that. We'll we'll do. It. I'll turn the TV on for the Nielsen ratings that because I have one of those boxes. No, I do. Thank not. you. We appreciate. Um, it. All right. Yeah, Commanders. Clearly, I'm paying. I'm too focused on what's what's happening here, including today. Uh, we'll, we'll start with this. We, we basically have three topics. We'll start with, with the topic that came out today from our friend Michael in the Richmond Times Dispatch with regards to this crest that they unveiled. Uh, as part of the whole name change and rebrand in which they had the years on there of them winning the Super Bowl, except that they were the years of the actual Super Bowl as opposed to the season. That was confusing. Then they made a switch and the switch apparently is causing problems. And to me, this connects to their overall uh, chaos over here. But but let's just go with this, Michael. Give us what 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 happened today. What did you uh, uncover? Yeah, a lot of fans were unhappy that the, the years were off by one. You know, it's the 91 Redskins won the Super Bowl, not the 92 Redskins, even though the game was played January of 92. Um, now, credit to Jason Wright for realizing he needed to fix this. I think I'd give him more credit if he had gotten it right the first time. But still, you know, instead of doubling down on the mistake or saying, no, we meant to do that or whatever, he's going he's to fix it. They fix it by putting the Super Bowl Roman numerals on the crest. They send it back to the NFL. NFL's got to sign off on all logo changes. NFL sends back, nah, nah, we're, we're good. Don't, you can't do it. Um, now, the NFL owns the copyrights to everything around the Super Bowls, the name, the branding, all that. Uh, so you could certainly view this as them protecting their intellectual property rights. You could also view this in the bigger picture, of course. Uh, these two sides are not getting along right now. In any venue, period, uh, you know, the, the, the investigation into Dan Snyder, the new investigation that Dan started and now Roger Goodell has called off. Um, so certainly it's an opportune time for the league to send a message uh, if, that are, if that's what they're wanting to do. Um, but it does leave us with this problem of the crest and uh, what they're going to do with the crest. Uh, just, just another day in the, uh, in the Washington football world. Um, I'll, I'll turn this over to because uh, Michael and I talked before that the crest maybe feels a little um, European soccer-y. So I'll turn it over to our European soccer insider Brian <laughs> McNally. Do, what 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 do you make of uh, of, of this uh, of, of this uh, conundrum? Check out Watford Arsenal on uh, USA next week, please, everybody. Wow, um, plugs away. Do you want to? Is, is, is it you want to plug like I don't know? Is, is there a well, I don't even know what the show they're going to rerun Friends or ER or anything. I don't even know what shows are on NBC. Otherwise, I would have said one. Sorry. All the shows. We have all the shows <laughs> on NBC and Peacock. Um, so check it out. Yeah. yeah I mean, <laughs> I think the the other thing that strikes me is, as Michael talks about, you know, kind of the mess up and, and all this stuff, like you literally had two years, right? Like 
does it, I guess it speaks to a certain extent that the people doing the rebrands were not people that had a connection to the organization, right? Like that's, that's maybe the, the biggest issue I'm seeing here is that you can take all the time you want. If you don't have any historical knowledge, um, something to, to kind of lean on, stuff like this is going to happen. And is it like, is it the biggest deal in the world? Maybe not if you're an outsider, but the people you rely on, the people that, uh, that do care are the people you're trying to get in that stadium, right? And to just kind of botch the whole thing, like it, it just get, it makes you, everything they do undermines the confidence you have. Like, oh, well, I mean, they have two years, they'll get it right. Or, oh, they hired impressive people with impressive sounding credentials. They'll figure it out, they're smart. Well, you can be as smart as you want if you don't know the history of the team and it doesn't infuse everything you do you're going to continue to make mistakes like this. You're going to not realize that maybe we shouldn't give people three days notice on the Sean Taylor, um, you know, tribute. Maybe we should give our fans more than that. Maybe they want more than that. Uh, you can focus with your group, your way in, in and out of anything, but you have to start there. The people making the decisions have to know that stuff. And if they don't, you're going to end up with these asinine situations where they're putting crests on that don't, represent what actually happened and you know and not anticipating problems i guess i, I just yeah. it's baffling at this point you know and, and my take on this is certainly the nfl is being overly difficult here and needs to just let them fix the stupid crest like hey, come on now like let, let's be reasonable here but it all adds up over time the the sean taylor thing the um you know not acknowledging the 91 team not acknowledging ryan kerrigan when he comes back um you know now the rollout and the crest and uh, you know that it, it's it's adding a lot it's a lot of data points now we have a lot of data points and, and i would just say like to the point of like on the to, to what you were saying michael about the nfl should just let them fix it probably right if this was another team was dealing with this and they weren't having you know i don't know congress scolding everybody at the same time and having an investigation probably wouldn't know anything about it they would just do a crash they would have you know reasonable committee meetings and you know they'd be in the 12 meetings a day like brian's and always and you just have these discussions and get it over with and then it never becomes public and you move on and that's that. There is obviously more and it, it does make me wonder if this is another sign of the rift that seems to be developing between the NFL and the team that even this minor detail is now a public conversation. And then the other part is, to, to the point Brian you're making about, maybe they didn't have people here who fully understood the scope of everything about this organization clearly that was in play with the sean taylor celebration um you know the the three days notice thing i think we all kind of wonder it's probably still like wait <laughs> how much was this really about kind of changing the narrative at that time in place uh, even though some of the alumni said they had some vague idea that an event would be happening but the idea so okay so these people did not understand that sean taylor is a you know huge figure in in this realm this is a branding exercise. You could have hired anybody who has no idea about the Washington football team and executed a branding component, you know, whether it's for Pepsi or Kleenex or whatever, and not have things like this happen. Wait, the numbers don't match up to the, to the thing that actually took place. Even the execution of Jason Wright turning to Doug Williams and saying, okay, you got an announcement that Doug Williams leaning into John Jonathan Allen and revealing the name. What is that? You had two years to come up with this thing that's the best you could do so 
to me, this all just comes back to where is this organization functionally? I, it just seems like nothing can ever get done right. It all starts at the top, but at the same point, come on. <laughs> what, how are we, what, what are we doing here? You know, Jason Wright talked the other day um, after the name reveal. And, you know, one of the things he said, we, we didn't expect the new name to land with our longtime fans because they didn't want us to change the name in the first place. And, and that's obviously, a, you know, I, I think that's a very true point. And they, this was never going to be loved by the Redskins crew. But at the same time, if you're talking about now chasing a new audience and chasing new fans, I'm not sure any of this is pulling that off either. I don't what kid in in third grade and you know Fairfax County you say, oh, I gotta rep that, I gotta rep that commander's team. I got I gotta rep that crest. That's fresh. Like, you know, I, I think Nike did a nice job with the uniforms and I'll I'll tip my hat on that. But you know, the Kraken, the you know, the Black Knights, like you think about you know, modern names and reveals as being, you know, something to merchandise and get get people excited about the brand and the name i just, i don't know man like you, you will walk into middle school with that fresh commander's letter jacket and like you know turn heads everywhere you go i i don't it didn't land with the old fans i'm not sure it lands with new fans either i have not talked to a single person who is excited about the name the best i've heard is yeah it's fine it'll yeah, grow on it, me it, that's it, about that's about the extent of it it is fine, and and it, and it will grow on people. And certainly, if they have a good year this year, like that'll make it a lot easier. But I, I just wonder if down the line they'll wish if maybe they had gone a little bolder, you know, a little, little more aggressive in it. Uh, to me, Red Hogs uh, would have been the answer. I mean, now that we see what unfolded, because it connects. Okay, fine, we're changing the name. People who wanted Redskins, I can't, we can't do anything do anything about that. But this connects to the culture of of this organization. You still have the red. Um, and it's weird and different as opposed to being commanders could be like anybody is the commanders. You know what the Red Hogs is, that, that that it's this team, the Hogs, all that. So based on what happened, that's what I would have done. Not that You know, it's good. You know, it's good branding. Peacock. That's great branding because it's the it's the logo from NBC on the TV. Scoop, that's you know, right. what show I, you know what show I like on Peacock? Girls Five Ever. It's about it's about like a Spice Girls band that reunites 20 years later. It's like a Tina Fey style show. She's kind of my girl. It's very yes. good. I I recommend watching. They did good work. You're you're good people, Michael Phillips. Wait, that's I, oh, I thought you were doing a bit like you just like looking up a TV guide. This is an actual no, no. show that you watch. No, 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 I'm a, I'm a legit huge Tina Fey fan. That's oh actually. no, Tina Fey, yeah, Tina Fey. I love, yeah, love it's, Tina it's Fey. done in it's done in her style, like you know the Mean Girls, Thirty Rock style. Uh, it, it, very good program. All right, um, pr- appreciate that. All right, so look, <laughs> the, the name is the name, right? Not much to do about that, but at some point here they got to pick up their game when it comes to actually, you know, promoting this thing and getting it and getting their ducks in a row. I think it's already probably a bit too late, but they're going to have to move forward here with whatever comes next and, and get the, this stuff right. Here's the problem, Ben. What comes next is the maybe even bigger than the name in terms sure. of the future of the franchise. Right. So the people who didn't quite execute this perfectly, they, they tried the, they tried the triple axle. They hit the double, they kind of they didn't rotate correctly. They a little could, wobble, little wobble. I'm trying to do my best Grant Paulson imitation here and, and get my uh, get my my stuff together. But yeah, it, it's uh, the people that did that now are in charge of finding a uh, 30 year commitment and a stadium in a place that isn't too far from most of the fan base and that everybody can kind of be on board with and that looks good and that matches up the rest of the league and. 
that will generate revenue and all that kind of good stuff. Are, are we, how confident are we that we're, we're nailing that one, that we're not just doing the triple axle, but we're getting the, uh, you know, we're, we're hitting a quad here. here. Here's the problem as I see it. it is, it's a copycat league, Ben. We say that all the time. Brian, you know that Some, somebody wins with one thing, like Sean McVay wins, everybody hires Sean McVay assistants. Like, you know, somebody runs the Wildcat, everybody's running the Wildcat or the read option. Like the Rams just won the Super Bowl by pushing all their chips to the middle of the table and getting all the good players. What do you think everybody else in the league is going to do this, Aussie? Like, that's what people are going to do now. The market for getting a quarterback this offseason just went insane because you, you 24 owners just made the call to their general managers, like, go do that. So M- Michael is the king of the segues because this was going to be the second question for us here on the, with, the, with the group, essentially, in terms of to localizing it, to Washington is like, if I looked at all the data points that we have, what Michael just said, the fact that not only did the Rams just do this, but Washington was, was one of the teams that was in the mix to get Matthew Stafford. They didn't put all their chips in. I don't know that it would have mattered anyway because of the, the whole dynamics between the Lions wanting to do Stafford right and all, and all that. But you have all that. You have Ron Rivera going on every show in America. I sure he's been on plenty of NBC shows as well to discuss this idea. I'm, I'm surprised we haven't seen him from a, uh, you know, providing some analysis on the Lindsey Jacob Ellis and the snowboarding because, and, and dropping in some quarterback thoughts. He's telling everybody in the world, we're looking at all the options and there's lots of reasons why we got a, the sixth ranked offensive line, thousand yard rusher, thousand yard receiver, all that. Uh, you have, the fan base completely demoralized, not just because of the name change, but everything else that's happened for the last, you know, two decades. And we have this Dan Snyder NFL Congress fight that's only negative headlines. This franchise needs a uh, game-changing move like nobody's business. And they may not, but so how do they do it? it? It feels like we're setting up to Dan Snyder, whether he pushes it or not, the idea of the old school days where he's, they're all in, they're just going crazy on the money and, and the assets and whatever to get names. And I think Phillips, it sounds like maybe you're thinking kind of like that that's where we're headed. Yeah. I just don't know that they'll land it. I mean, like, and you did the podcast about Russell Wilson. I listened to that the other day. It's just the, the compelling point I keep coming back to is why in the world would the Seahawks trade Russell Wilson? Like right. I just, like I've yet to hear a compelling reason. Like, here's seven first round picks like wow that's awesome you know what we could do with that maybe find a russell wilson like you have a russell wilson you you have one like you don't get rid of your russell wilson's and you know deshaun watson's in a different camp obviously because of everything going on there i don't think aaron Rodgers is going anywhere i just think it'll be a low movement offseason there's always all this talk it's like the opposite of you know the nba where everybody just switches teams every year like every year like there's all this talk like yeah everybody's gonna switch teams and then you know, in the end, nobody actually switches teams. It, it's tough to land these guys. Yeah, it's a, I mean, it's at heart a conservative sport, right? People don't like making big splash moves like that. And when they do, they don't always work out. I mean, that, to, the, to their credit, the commanders, you know, in the early part of the last decade stopped being crazy, right? We kind of lauded them for that. They stopped doing the, uh, you know, fire up Redskin one and, fly to whatever big name free agent wants some some cash and all that stuff because it didn't have any success with it it never really worked it just got them big contracts to players who were you know cresting and past their prime now you can argue you should do whatever you can to do that for a quarterback right so sure that's great but as michael says that's in theory because they actually have to be available 
right? Like Kyler Murray has to say, like, uh, I want to be, not only do I want to be traded, I'm good being traded there. And you have to look at your team and go, are we good enough? Are we good enough? Are the pieces in place that a, in his prime quarterback is going to say, no, that's where I want to go and where I want to be. I feel like they're those people, even if they came about would have better options, right? I mean, it's a, it's a fine roster. It's whatever, it's good enough, you know, but it's not, a play, it's, it wasn't even a playoff roster. So what are we doing here? So, so tell, here, me, tell, no, tell me this, both of you. If you put um, like good Russell Wilson, I know he got hurt last year. So Russell Wilson from two years ago. If you drop Russell Wilson's season two years ago on top of last year's commander's team, what's their final record? Um, so, I mean, I, I think they probably get 10 wins. I think they're in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, look, as much well, as like we, we all I don't watch, think I don't think they've got the bye, but I think they're in the mix. I think they're in the playoffs. I mean, we watched this I would team argue all they year. could win. I think they could win a play in that case. They could have won a playoff game, right? I mean, sure. Absolutely. Not like, whatever, but are they winning two? No, probably not. Well, so, so here so here's the thing. Because we watched the season unfold as it did, they were terrible from the beginning of the year with third down defense. The defense never recovered the quarterback gets hurt Heineke was a you know gritty and all that but his limitations are obvious yada 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 they still won seven games despite all the crap right I mean so and the harder schedule and all that which I'm not giving them a pass but so yes if you had a quarterback who could make some more plays and not even not just that the entire team has the confidence that we have a quarterback who can do those things that is a game changer right there from a mentality standpoint so I do agree that there's something to that now to the larger point, as you both are saying, how are you getting one of these quarterbacks when it doesn't make logical sense for Green for Seattle to trade Russell Wilson? Doesn't make logical sense for Aaron Rodgers to leave Green Bay, to be honest, and so on. That said, it's a vo- if you view you like a volume shooter situation, you trade you make the deal with San Francisco to get Garoppolo. Say whatever you want; he's an upgrade on some basic level over here he's one two <laughs> michael michael's shaking his head the, the taylor heineke guy Ta- uh, garoppolo's been in the nfc championship game two of the last three years at a basic level he's better than than taylor heineke but okay oh yeah i agree with that i think he's the second coming of kirk cousins a guy who's going to make too much money to not deliver in big situations and maybe that is true but you have to get to the big situation to know that you can't deliver in it so at least if they can do that but then but we're not done Devontae Adams is the universal number one best free agent. Here's a fun fact. Devontae Adams and Ron Rivera share the same agent. And it, Ron Rivera went after Amari Cooper it, two years ago, and he offered more money than they gave than, than he took with Dallas by, by a little bit. What if he and the owner are in lockstep? Do whatever you want to do. I think Devontae Adams may be in it for the money. You tell him we're going to make you the highest paid guy, no matter what anybody else offers, you're in. You get Garoppolo, you get Adams. And then, I don't know, pick somebody else on the defensive side, maybe a Tyron Matthew, somebody else that you think gives you that, and you spend your first-round pick on a linebacker. It doesn't matter. I'm just talking the sell, the sell job. This is where I'm wondering if they, if they do something like this because they know they have got to do something for all the reasons that we've just been discussing. There's no question, Ben. If they do all that, yes, everybody's going to jump on board, right? It's going to be – you know, training camp, the buildup will be, oh my God, is this, you know, the schedule isn't that hard. This, uh, I could, I can see this team winning 11 games. There's going to be a lot of those kind of takes right. and maybe people will be right. If you add three impact players, sure. It doesn't matter but, what the result is. I'm just talking about, they got to change the story. 
Obviously, yeah, they want to win. That, to me, the story predict- always goes. It doesn't matter. Like the story, unless you're telling me, unless unless you get the result, the story will always re- revert back to the default, which is Congress name change. Where's the stadium? Off off field drama. The owner stinks. All that kind of thing. Like, yeah, you can make the moves, but the moves only change the narrative briefly. Like people oh, eventually course. get bored of it, right? And they go yeah. right back to okay uh we went 10 and 6 and we lost in the divisional round that's great that would be great progress that'd be great for ron on the field i think that'd be awesome but i don't think it changes the overall narrative of what the organization is it would take true winning to actually oh. do that and so those know, are I, sep- yeah those are separate issues it's like when ron says the name change means we can start fresh <laughs> right right sure <laughs> whatever you say get out yeah the black when they zap you with the memory thing you know <laughs> yeah, just- right, right. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I, 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 I just think whatever it is, I think we're, I, I do think we're maybe getting set up to have them make have go more all in than they have the last couple of years. We'll see if if Ron is disciplined and he doesn't worry about these other matters, then maybe it's a similar moves they've made the last couple of years where they're doing reasonably move reasonable moves to address the roster as opposed to worrying about how, these bigger picture issues. We'll see. Then how, how disciplined can he be when you, any, and this isn't to Ron directly, but any NFL coach heading into his third year can only be so disciplined, right? You're going to have to start, you, you, you've got the ammunition. You got to start using it. I don't think their cap space is pretty good, right? Uh, I, I don't follow this as closely anymore as you guys do, but I don't think yep. they're like strapped that they can't make moves. So yep. if you wanted to toss crazy money at a big wide receiver, when extend Terry McLaurin and I assume Brandon Sheriff's out the door, but do you feel like your offensive line's okay? Um, you know, maybe yeah. like you said, draft a linebacker, maybe sign somebody else on the defensive side. I can see all that stuff, but like that, the, the coaching aspect of that has to play into it where I don't have, I don't have three more years. I might have two more years. I got to start. I got to start shooting some jumpers. 100 percent yep. and, and brian you and i can talk about that more in a second but i have to let uh phillips go but the last the last question i told these guys we were going to discuss and this is i i can't have a better person to ask this um I'm, I'm doing a mailbag for the athletic and a question from our friend mark bullock was which member of the washington media would be best as an nfl owner um look there's a lot of options here uh but i'm gonna i'm gonna just you know i'm, I'm gonna call for the uh, for the iso for phillips what who, what what's your answer here um what what, what do you got i you know I, I think a lot of people on the beat would, would have a good claim on this because i i think nikki would be nikki jabala would be a very savvy personnel uh insider like i think she'd get things done could could make the trades get you know assemble a good roster um she's a yankees fan so she knows how to spend money um which certainly you know the, the team could use this off season um i i think jp could probably best hang like at the owner's meetings, you know, in the owner's suite. I, th- I think he's got a little bit, you know, he's got that Bethesda to him, you know, no, no disrespect, Brian. Like it's, you know, it's the no, Bethesda can hang in the Bethesda can hang in the owner's suite. That, oh, no. that's J- sure. JP would be a great owner at prime 57 at the combine or whatever. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, he, he'd run the room at prime 57 in, in Indy. Um, I, I I'm not scoring you in the category, Ben. Um, I, I just think you'd be a little too, too even keel. Um, I don't think you've got the highs and the lows that you need. I, I don't think you could break something in the owner's suite. 
you know, I need, you, yeah, I need you flipping tables and like being yeah, on you know, and, down conversion. You better be replacing the, L, the LED screen, you know, the, the next day in the owner's box. Yeah. That's, I, I need that out. I need a little fire uh, out of my owner for sure. So, um, so based on that, there's a name that I haven't heard yet that seems to me uh, fits some of the fits that last narrative in particular. Russell. Yeah. He where I mean, somebody <laughs> made the point that like he was the answer based on the, him, uh, slamming his laptop and during a press conference <laughs> like you know he's gonna get he's gonna get crazy and fired up isn't russell he'll deal with the parking and the traffic leading into the, the stadium the washington roosters the, yeah i mean the let's 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 hit another rebrand i love it I'm, I'm i'm all on board i i would also love to see gp on a team um i, I think that would be endlessly amusing as well um, how how is roosters not a choice like now i'm now i'm retroactively angry oh washington roosters is the play absolutely i think you could keep the color scheme too largely absolutely oh yeah you'd be fine all right well brian <laughs> we, we 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 can continue down this path i know michael's got to run he's got important business to do but good job today on the crest I'm, story and uh, we'll talk I'm, I'm gonna go run this place for a little while um but uh my, my time is nearing an end of doing that so uh you know soon it'll be full full episodes in the standard room deal all right man appreciate it good good job again and we will talk um brian did you want to weigh in on the uh on the, on the silly owner topic um yeah I, I like the jp point i think jp could have good uh football and scotch discussions with uh with other rich owners in the in the suite i think that would be fun also he would make um, the impulsive move like if if you like you know you, you know you just you, you throw up <laughs> my, my 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 cat is uh lenny's making an appearance here on the zoom with brian uh the uh you know he i, he, I could see him making the impulsive decision to just throw throw it all in and get go get you know whoever it is Devontae adams or whoever the uh, player of the day is I mean, Ben, all I want from my owner is moves, right? Capital M-O-V-E-S. Just make some moves. Do do things. Do things correctly, but take some shots. So uh yeah, I'd be I'd be all in. I think we could get a I think we the beat probably harbors one good owner. We just have to figure out who that would be. Who's who's best who's best suited for it. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to noodle whether I took some, take any offense to the idea of I'm, I'm too level head. I guess, I guess I, I'm too boring. I, 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 I'd make some moves. Get out of here. I need, um, you probably would make moves. I need, I need you to, uh, like I said, I need you to flip to, I need the NBC camera to be like, we got to be on the owner's suite. Well, look, I don't know I what that guy's going to do. I will just say you have been in, in, inside the meetings with me at say like the sports capital or other places. I, 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 I you know, I can get you can get fired up. I can get, you can fired, get fired up. up. I, I, so I, I, it's just I, levels. Do you have enough in you to actually flip a table? That's what I need to know. Fair, 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 fair enough. Got it. All right. Well, we, we should end it there. I, I clearly have Olympic coverage to catch up on because apparently I'm way behind with, with that. Um, go follow Brian on Twitter at bmcnally14. You can follow Michael at Michael or no, at wait, what is it? Michael PRTD, I believe. Um, I should know that by now off the top of my head. Um, gentlemen, Michael P. RTD. You got it. Got it. All right. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, and uh, we'll talk. Thanks, man. All right. As promised, joining me here on the podcast, he is our 49ers insider for the athletic. He is the great Matt Barrows. And Matt, uh, the season is officially over. You had a, a late run. You, you guys were oh so close to getting um, into the big game this weekend. What'd you make of the Rams winning it, especially seeing as how your guys um, were 
you know, had a, had a lead on them in the fourth quarter and beat them twice. It was right there. Couldn't quite get it done. Yeah, well, my take on it is that they, they beat the Bengals the same way they beat the, the 49ers. And, in fact, that last sort of fling by Joe Burrow was very similar to uh, the last fling by uh, Jimmy Garoppolo with uh, Aaron Donald bursting through the, the line, wrapping up the quarterback, and basically uh, causing that, that fourth down play, both fourth down plays, both broken plays, uh, to, to go awry. So, I mean, to me... Um, you know, it was that Rams defensive line that was the difference in the Super Bowl and the difference in the NFC Championship game. Uh, I know that you and I are going to talk about quarterbacks uh, quite a bit, uh, but uh, if uh, if QB is uh, position one in the league, I feel like the Rams have shown that uh, defensive line is one uh, B in terms of getting that really good. And I know the Commanders have some uh, some nice pieces on that line, so that should give uh, Give, give your uh, readers and listeners uh, hope uh, going into next year. People can't see when you said commanders, I started smiling because I'm still not used to it. It still sounds so weird. Uh, I know you're from, you know, you've got ties to the area. So um, what, 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 yeah, what I, do I you mean? I could talk for a half hour about how much I hate commanders, but um, I'm sure people are tired of that now. Yeah, I still have, I don't think I've met a single person who's been overly enthusiastic. It's like, oh, okay. Like that's about the most I've gotten. It hasn't been a lot of, it's mostly been like, really what's going on here? You know, at best it's been, yeah, okay, sure. Whatever. Let's move on. But yeah, that's, that, pretty, yeah, that's about it. It's pretty milk toast. And that's the, that's the complaint. <laughs> right, right, right. For sure. Well, and, and, uh, and to that point, you don't want, you don't want to think a team is going to make moves for PR purposes, even though for the first decade under Dan Snyder, that is kind of what Washington did obviously did all did not work out i don't think ron rivera is going to be that kind of a guy but at the same point the name change has been kind of a lukewarm reaction there's all this other scandal going on involving the investigation into washington there the fan base has been eroded you know they've been okay under rivera but you know back-to-back seven win seasons is not going to get anybody excited and there is a feeling that they have to do something significant I wrote a couple weeks ago that the most significant thing they could do at the quarterback spot may be to get Jimmy Garoppolo because there's no guarantee Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers or, you know, anybody else you might think is a bigger name or, uh, or, or a better quarterback. So here we are to discuss like the one guy that we seem to think is available. And that's why we wanted to talk to Matt. He's covered uh, Garoppolo his whole time over there with the Niners. Um, So <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, I guess to start with like, I want to start with like, what do you think of him as a quarterback and, and kind of the fact from fiction? And then we'll get into the potential trade aspect of this. You've been around him. I mean, look, it's not, we, we give the quarterbacks so much credit and we give them so much blame. So it seems only reasonable to say that in two of the, two of the last three years under with, with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback, the 49ers made the NFC championship game and then made the Super Bowl in 2019. That, that can't be, ignored at the same point there is this feeling of he's a bit of a, a bit a bit, a bit of along for the ride particularly maybe this year so what do you kind of just say broadly to that how what did Jimmy Garoppolo actually do over these last few years to help them um succeed well I mean you're, you're absolutely right um yeah Jimmy Garoppolo has developed over his five years with the 49ers uh detractors and fans in both groups very 
passionately, shall we say, and, and right on Twitter very passionately right. uh, about Jimmy Garoppolo. And both have plenty of ammunition to pull uh, because he has been really good at times. I don't have it in front of me, but the 49ers have a really good record when he's the starter. And they've got an absolutely abominable one when he's not so so um, basically he's he's 31 and 14 as a regular season starter in his five years four and two in the postseason right and i think he's there there are only eight wins uh cobbled together by uh you know brian hoyer um nick mullins cj bethard anyone else who started so uh that that shows you that you know those guys were all working with the same cast that he was uh so those aren't the, the biggest names in the world, but it does show you that when Jimmy Garoppolo is on the field, he tends to win. And yes, uh, the 49ers had a really good defense in 2019 and 2021. And yes, they had a really good running game. Um, but I mean, I feel like that's true of, of so many quarterbacks. I mean, um, go beyond the, the top, I don't know, top six, the top seven. And, um, you know, that's, that's the case with anybody that you're going to get. Uh, so I think that Garoppolo uh, is, is, is in the middle of the pack. Is he the 12th best quarterback in the league? Is he the 15th best? I think he's similar in terms of uh, overall talent to Kirk Cousins. And I know they differ in, in some ways and this, that, and the other. But I think that's what you're getting if you're trading for Jimmy Garoppolo. You're not going to, he's not going to put a team on his shoulders and take you to the Super Bowl. Uh, but if, like we discussed, if you got a good defensive line, if you got a good running game, yeah, he can take you to the championship game, and then, and then all bets are off there. But um, you know that that's basically where he is. A, um, uh, you know, when you're talking ranking the the, the quarterbacks, I put him uh, just outside of the top ten. Um, you know, with with a caveat that he has tended to get injured. So, uh, and when when that happens, you've uh, either got to have a really good number two or your, your season just tanks. Right, for sure. So like, you know, statistics don't always tell the story, but basically sort of to your point, he was kind of middle of the pack this year, 20 touchdown passes, middle of the pack with ESPN's QBR rating. He was first in net yards per pass attempt at 7.68, according to pro football reference, which I thought was interesting from at least from a standpoint of, it feels like the one of the bigger knocks on him is his uh, struggles throwing the ball down the field. Um, I, I don't know if that says more about uh, some of the weapons that they had, but um, because obviously it has George Kittle, Debo Samuel, and some others, but I thought that was at least interesting that in that it, there's 20,000 stats you could pull out. He stinks in other ones, but sure. at least in that one seemed to be uh, a, a, a good sign there. Yeah, I think a lot of that is um, a lot of yak yards. And, and, and that's, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not uh, saying that uh, to be pejorative to Jimmy Garoppolo, he throws the ball um well on time he's accurate he gets the ball out very quickly he's got a very quick release that's probably what he's most known for and uh the Kyle Shanahan offense really kind of lives off of the uh those catch and run passes across the middle and he's very very good at those so a lot of times I don't, I don't think the ball was in the air for very long I mean some of these are little dump offs that Debo Samuel uh turned into huge gains and, and I think that's where that comes from and that was a it, that that was borne out through his time here. He did not uh, go deep a lot. He did not throw out outside the numbers a lot. Um, and so that sort of narrows the field. And I, I think, you know, Kyle Shanahan has not ever said this, but my sense is that 
that sort of frustrated him a bit. He's not been able to use the full field with, with Jimmy Garoppolo. He just doesn't have the arm uh, to do it. Um, but uh, oh, the over-the-middle stuff, and, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners saw this in the, in the playoff games, he's really good at those. Um, so if, if you've got receivers that, um, A, are courageous enough to go over the middle and you know, are fluid enough to kind of uh, take off with the ball, uh, you know, he's, he's sharp with those though. That's his specialty. And I think that's where those, those, uh, uh, nice stats come from. Yeah. And, and, you know, interesting, you mentioned everything you just mentioned, the, the, the throwing more into inside the, the yak yards. And obviously he's got some great playmakers there. I mean, Washington has playmakers to a degree. I mean, they may, you know, they don't have a George Kittle, but Logan Thomas was pretty effective. He didn't suffer an, uh, a significant knee injury we'll see when he comes back they don't have Debo Samuel but Antonio Gibson is a is, is quite the playmaker and Curtis Samuel if he actually plays this year I say that jokingly I think uh then you know he he's a smaller version of Debo um and then of course it's Terry McLaurin so they have some guys who could help there but yeah I mean if, if you're kind of limiting yourself to sort of the middle of the field then you know you, you're not going to take advantage of Curtis of uh Terry McLaurin uh, uh, deep, uh, for, for sure. Um, we, we mentioned, I mentioned the record, the, uh, 31 and 14 over five seasons. Uh, if you do the math, there's 16 games a year or now 17, there's quite a few games missing because he can't stay healthy. And that was one of the things I, I wrote recently about what are Washington's quarterback options. And everybody needs to maybe dial back expectations and look at guys like Garoppolo and, and Mitch Trubisky. And one of the concerns that somebody said to me was uh, with a subsequent piece that I wrote was, look, it's not that Grabo isn't good, but you better, as you said, have another option there. They do have Taylor Heineke here, but uh, if you trade for him, you may want to also invest, give him an extension. So to, to the degree of the, ex- of the injuries, is it just been one injury that over and over again, is it like all over the body? This, there was a thumb injury this year that he had surgery on. What's the deal like there? Obviously he's injury prone, I guess. Is there any end in sight? As best you can guess. I don't know. I mean, um, it's not like he's a small guy. He's not particularly tall, but I think he's uh, over 220 pounds, 225 pounds, uh, which is, you know, a good size for a quarterback. Um, He's not particularly mobile, and I think that's probably where some of his injuries came from. Um, you know, they run the gamut. I mean, it, in 2018, it was an ACL on a, on a uh, he was in Kansas City and and scrambled and out of bounds, and he went to kind of uh, lower his shoulder into a, a would be tackler, and at the same time was stepping out of bounds. It was just an awkward step, and towards ACL, done for the season. Um, in 2019, that he plays in every game the 49ers go to the Super Bowl in 20. 20, uh, second game of the season, he gets nailed in the back of the leg by Quinnen Williams of the Jets, um, high ankle sprain, and that he, he never really got over that. I mean, does that make him injury prone? Because uh, he took a shot while he was planting his foot, um, and it was a missed block by Lakin Tomlinson, a guy I know you want to talk about later, uh, that caused that. And then th- this year, it wasn't just uh, the thumb. He also missed a game. Um, he got stepped on. Uh, and had a calf injury that caused him to miss one game. He also had a shoulder sprain, didn't miss any games, but he said it affected him. Um, so, I mean, some of it's bad luck, but after a while, you know, if you keep accumulating these bad luck seasons, that's, that's who you are. 
you're, you're Chris Chandler um, and, and you're always hurt. So, um, you know, I, I know that he sort of bristles at that. Um, he, he takes, you know, working out very seriously. Uh, he's in great shape, great physical shape. Probably more muscular than you know, a, a a typical quarterback, uh, but um, like I said, there's, there's just a been a track record of it, and that goes back to New England too. He got a, a chance to start uh, some Deflate Gate games at the beginning of the Patriots season, right. and uh, you know only lasted two games before he suffered uh, got a hit in, on the shoulder, and then uh, they had to turn to the number three guy there. So this this is a what's now a a pretty good history, and I think. You know, in in the commander's favor, this might drop drive down the price of him a bit. They're like, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna give you a one for a guy who's been injured this much. So, I mean, um, it, it could work in uh, in your team's favor a little bit as well. Um, before we get lastly, before we get to the trade, so Ron Rivera, I mean, Ron Rivera, among the things he he looks for in a quarterback, I mean, this isn't like revolutionary. He often, though, talks about that guy's got to be a leader. He can't just be good throwing the ball. He's got to be a leader of the locker room, a leader, the a player, uh, somebody that they rally around. He he had that in Alex Smith here. He even has that in Taylor Heineke. Just Taylor Heineke lacks some of the physical attributes you're looking for, and that's kind of why they're probably going to look to move past him. I, when I read about Jimmy Garoppolo, teammates seem to like him. Richard Sherman, of all people, comes out and, and praises him. To what degree did that is that aspect of Jimmy Garoppolo important to what happened to San Francisco uh not just this year but the last uh, few years it, it kind of folds into the overall theme um his leadership style is um I'm one of the guys uh which is great um you know he's one of four brothers and um you know they come from a working class you know Chicago area family the dad's uh, an electrician and, um, you know, that just is kind of who he is. He's not going to um, be really vocal. Um, he's not a, a Drew Brees type, certainly not a, a Cam Newton type. Um, he's, uh, like I said, he's one of the guys. He's, uh, he fit in very well with, with Joe Staley, with George Kittle. Those are sort of the locker room leaders. I wouldn't ever have called Garoppolo, though, one of the you know top two or three leaders in the locker room, and I think that that's that's you know you could, that can be looked at as a critique. Um, you know, it, it not rallying guys together in the off season to to do extra workouts and whatnot. Um, you know, he he'd rather just kind of lay low, and which is he's doing that right now, as a matter of fact. Uh, so I mean, uh, you could take it a couple of ways. I think Ron Rivera would be very pleased with him. He's 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 not going to embarrass the team in any way. Uh, certainly. And, and like you noted, the teammates have really liked him. Has he been the alpha guy? No, he has not been that guy. Um, I, I'm not sure, you know, whether you need to be in this day and age uh, or, or not. Um, I'm not sure Matt Stafford is, for example. Right. Uh, but but um, he's not Joe Burrow. I'll, t- I'll tell you that right now. Uh, so again, he's not your you know, top 10 guy that you are, are bringing in because you think that this guy is going to be your leader for the next 10, 10 years. I just don't think that he's that guy. All right. So let's get to the fun stuff. It, uh, and so just to clarify with regard to this trade, like I wasn't that a hundred percent convinced that they would move on from him based on the fact that I know they gave up a lot of picks to get Trey Lance. They spent the third pick of the draft on Trey Lance. 
and everybody seems to think Trey Lance could be a really good quarterback. He also played at North Dakota State, basically didn't play the whole year before, except for one game before the draft. Just had a little bit of spot duty here and there, a couple a couple appearances when Garoppolo was out. So the question was, would he be ready to go? It appears, though, that regardless of whether Trey Lance starts or, <laughs> I don't know, maybe Tom Brady shows up to San Francisco, whatever it is, it, I just want to be clear, they're moving on from Garoppolo at this point no matter what, right? There's no like idea that they're actually going to keep him if they, like, if somehow in the next couple of weeks they determine, hey, we don't know what else we're going to do, right? They're definitely moving on from him. Um, there are no absolutes, Ben, <laughs> but I mean, uh, uh, Trey Lance could slip in the bathtub, uh, sure. this evening and, uh, the 49ers, you know, he is under contract for one more season. Uh, it's at around 25 million, which is a, a huge amount, but it's not, um, unheard of. Right. Um, so, um, you know, he thinks that he's moving on everybody. I mean, this is, this is part of the 49ers plan was to move him after this year. If they kept him for one more year. Uh, which is possible, um, you know, he's a free agent, so they wouldn't get anything for him. So if you're going to make this move to Trey Lance, which obviously they knew that it was going to be a, a long process, uh, but their plan is for that transition to take, take, take a hold now. So um, everything's gone to plan to this point. So I don't see why they would change. You know, they also have to, you know, give Debo Samuel a new, contract nick bosa is due for a new contract these are going to be uh position setting contracts and you already have those with uh george kittle and kyle Juszczyk and fred warner so having a, a quarterback on uh the rookie deal is i think part of the the, the long-term plan for this team right i mean th- just the fact that they were in the mix once again for a super bowl my only question would just be is, if Trey Lance isn't ready, then are they taking a step back? But that's for them. That just, that's for your that's for your uh, re- readers to uh, dive into with, with your good stuff uh, over there. So, okay, so now I believe I read somewhere, and maybe it was from you as well, that Garoppolo technically has a no trade clause, but that ends at the end of this football year, the business year. Uh, any sense that, like, I think there's some anticipation that like last year, Stafford was traded in January. Washington acquired Alex Smith in January. We're now mid-February. Free agency doesn't start for another month, March 16th, in fact. Uh, is there is there any hold up with, the, with this no trade clause or is Garoppolo understanding, hey, I'm going to get traded March 16th then, so I might as well just deal with it now. Is there any issue with that front? I, I don't think so. I mean, um, I think the hold up is you know, due to the fact that the whole calendar is now you know seven to ten days longer than it than it normally has been you know all these other quarterbacks I don't think any of these teams are eager to make a move at quarterback until they kind of can figure out what the the full landscape looks like um you know is Kyler Murray going to be available I mean also no one would have thought that um Aaron Rodgers would have been available on draft day like the 49ers thought that he might have been uh so um I think that's part of it. You know, Garoppolo may or may not have surgery on his hand. Could be that he's already had it. Like I said, he's gone underground. The, the agent's gone underground. So we don't know whether that's taken part. Uh, so a- any team that trades for him may want to wait and see how that thumb, right thumb, throwing, throwing hand thumb, is, uh, is coming along. Um, and, but there's a, a practical, I mean, there is no trade clause, but he does have a uh, a year left on his contract. 
Uh, so I imagine it would be something very similar to what happened with Alex Smith with, with the Chiefs in, in Washington back in 2018, where it was sort of a sign and trade where they traded Smith to Washington. They uh, drew up a new contract on the spot. So you have to be kind of working in concert with the agent, with the player. There has to be an agreement. No, nobody wants to trade for a guy that doesn't want to be there. So right. there's uh, no, there's not a, uh, a no trade clause, but in all practicality, you know, all these sides are talking together and they have to, to be in agreement. It won't be unilateral between Washington and, and San Francisco. Okay. Um, in, in the idea of Aaron Rodgers or Wilson getting traded, one notion seems to be, and it seems reasonable, that they would not I, they would not look to trade him within the conference, especially if they're going to re- try to remain a contender. Obviously, San Francisco would be still a contender, but Jimmy Garoppolo is not one of those guys. Is there any thought that they would not trade him within the conference? I mean, I think if they had their druthers, he, he goes to the, the AFC, and there, there are some AFC teams, uh, you know, Denver. Pittsburgh. Um, and uh, Pittsburgh, yeah, uh, that uh, you know might be preferable for the 49ers. But again, I, I feel like they're they're going to be working with Garoppolo, uh, and, and this kind of goes back to your earlier question of you know how well respected he was, uh, the type of leader they like him and they want to do right by him. So I, I don't think that that would sway things uh, for the 49ers. Obviously, um, the the compensation is is the higher criterion. And I think doing right by Garoppolo is probably the higher criterion than AFC or NFC. Now, division, no, I don't think they would want him in the division. And uh, you know, if Russell Wilson goes, do the C. You know, I, I don't, I don't know if if that would ever happen. But right. um, uh, I, I don't think that they would have a problem with uh, with Washington. Washington, after all, uh, dealt with Donovan McNabb back in the day. <laughs> the only right well, that, that, division to division trade that i can think of right now that's uh, how you knew that one was sketchy it was like wait philly's trading him in the division this cannot be good uh <laughs> or they definitely think they're getting the better end of that raised the red flag right there but yeah <laughs> no I, uh to answer your question i don't think that's a a, a deal breaker okay and i'm going to assume that whatever the pettiness that was going on back when kirk cousins was supposedly there could have been a trade and and the the, the 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 rumors go that Dan Snyder was not willing to trade him to Kyle Shanahan, but obviously these two teams made the Trent Williams deal uh, recently, so we'll assume that that part's not an issue. Um, so this okay, it all sets up to this. What's going to happen? Well, what do you think? What do you think is the ultimate deal? Where's Garoppolo? What, what's your best guess? I guess like who do you think truly in the mix for him? Where do you think he goes? And what do you think the best guess on the cost? Yeah, you know, I, I look at a team like the Buccaneers that just lost a great quarterback. They're built to win a championship now. Right. Uh, And I don't know how long that, that window is open for them. So, I mean, that would be the team that I think would go most aggressively for uh, a veteran quarterback. Now, if Russell Wilson is available, I mean, that would be the guy that they would want to bring in. Lots of, lots of teams would want to do that. Uh, But if, if uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is kind of the top of the heap, then I think that that makes a lot of sense. Uh, you know, Garoppolo and, and Tom Brady have the same agent. So, you know, the agent obviously knows Tampa Bay, knows what they like. I think Bruce Arians would really love to have a, a, a veteran quarterback. And that's sort of the, the beauty of Jimmy Garoppolo is that he's now played a lot of games uh, despite the injuries. And he's played in a lot of 
high pressure games. He's played in six playoff games. Uh, and a couple of those seasons, you know, uh, at, at the end of the regular season, there were playoff like games there at the end, especially going on the road. So he's battle tested. Um, he's not going to get rattled by anything. He's seen a lot of scenarios. So I, I think that that's, I mean, he probably wants to go to a good team. Um, you know, they're, they're going to, they're going to look at it. Uh, what's the best long-term proposition, but uh, I, I think that that would probably be very uh, desirable for, for them to go to a place like Tampa or Pittsburgh that close to close to getting into the playoffs and, you know, uh, doing some damage in the postseason. Yeah. I mean, I would be surprised if they got a first round pick for him, but considering the lack of options, unless again, Rogers Wilson, we don't know what's going to happen with, with Deshaun Watson, that the the lack of options for these teams that need a veteran and look, Washington's pretty desperate. So even though they may not be from a contender perspective below some of the teams that you just mentioned in Tampa Bay and Pittsburgh, the desperation may trump everything. So I really am curious to see where this goes uh, in terms of the, the competition. I'm going to guess at least a second, and then we'll see from there. But, um, but then you also probably want to extend him. And, and then that's a question of, well, how much money are you giving a guy who we, as we discussed, he's good, not great, gets hurt a lot, but wins games. It's going to be really um, interesting. Um, last thing you, we mentioned this guy before Lake and Tomlinson. What's interesting here is so Garoppolo arrives in 2017 he shows up right after San Francisco brought in a guy named Martin Mayhew to be an executive. And Martin Mayhew had just, he had spent a year with the giants, but before that was the longtime general manager for the Detroit lions. And in 2015, he spent the 28th pick in the draft on Lake and Tomlinson. And then two years later, the, the Niners trade a fifth round pick to Detroit to, to reunite Tomlinson and Mayhew. Washington is uh, probably going to lose Brandon Sherford for agency. There is a guard spot perhaps open. Do we see if th- the, the, should I, should I start um, prepping my, my Lake and Tomlinson feature when he signs here uh, this <laughs> off season? Yeah, I, I would. I mean, uh, that's a, that's a, a really good connecting the dots. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. Um, is is the, the you, Washington has the GM that drafted him and, uh, and that GM is already, it was very much Mayhew that brought him into San Francisco. Uh, Mayhew was the one that, uh, that advocated for him. He wasn't the, the GM here, uh, but he was the, you know, the top Lieutenant to, to John Lynch, who was, was brand new. And so the 49ers listened and um, you know, they've, they've, they're happy with Lake and Tomlinson. He's not as good as Brandon Sheriff. Um, but uh, he's good. He's younger. And um, the beauty of Lake and Tomlinson is that he, in, in a league where we're writing injury stories left and right, as soon as the offseason begins, this guy's gone four seasons of playing 100% of the snaps, uh, which to me is just unheard of and, and deserves recognition. Uh, he's been very durable. Uh, and, and he made a Pro Bowl this year. That's part of the reason why we're discussing right. he, it. He's, he's recognized on that level. Yeah, he's a Pro Bowl alternate and uh, and ultimately got in. Um, so he's going to get paid. Um, and uh, I think that, you know, Washington and San Francisco are his two biggest suitors. Uh, there's no way around that. And uh, I, I, there's reason for the for, for the 49ers to want to bring him back because they are kind of uh, getting uh, Trey Lance, a guy that's young and doesn't have a lot of experience. You want to protect him as, as much as possible. Um 
Tomlinson's developed a good rapport with with uh, Trent Williams on the left side. I don't think the 49ers want to disrupt that. But like I said earlier, they've got Debo Samuel, Nick Bosa to worry about. They've got already some really big ticket items uh, on their plate. And uh, I don't know if Lakin Tomlinson is going to fit. Interesting. Um, he It looks like if I'm looking at a depth chart, right, he was on the left side next to Trent Williams. Brandon Scherf played on the right side. Now Washington has Eric Flowers at left guard, and he has primarily played there in the two stints he's had in Washington. Flowers has his own contract situation. Could Tomlinson play on the right side, or is there, has he has he had any experience doing that? Um, gosh, I want to say he has some in Detroit, but uh, like I said, since he's been with the 49ers, he's been left side, and okay. he never leaves the game. So um, it's been left side only. Um, I've, I've got to think that that's absolutely where he's more comfortable. Okay. Well, I mean, look, if they want to do it, Martin Mayhew says, Ron, we got to get this guy. I've, I've brought him over with me once. He made a pro ball. Let's see what we can do in Washington. Um, well, look, man, I really appreciate the time. Uh, it's fun to know that you have, like, trades can come out of the blue. You kind of have one. You know it's coming. So that's the good news. And it's one where, like, your team is dealing from a surplus. So you're going to get more stuff. And then we'll see what happens. And then, of course, you get the, the Tom Brady of it all. Do you buy all that, by the way? I, I, that, 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 I buried the lead. We're not, I should have started <laughs> with Tom Brady. Do you buy any of this stuff? They already turned him down once, uh, probably to their chagrin. Oh, After my. the 2019 season, Brady wanted to come to San Francisco. This is where he's born and yep. raised. Um, and uh, the 49ers, you know, he did not have a great year the year before that. The 49ers right. kind of looked at the situation, saw his age, saw that Garoppolo had just taken them to the Super Bowl and said, you know, we're going to stick with, with Jimmy Garoppolo. And then, of course, Tom Brady turns back the clock and wins another Super Bowl. So, um, yeah, it's egg on their face. Um, it, it's up to Tom Brady. You know, he did say that he's, he's, you know, it's up to the Buccaneers, too. He's under contract with them. So there would be, have to be a lot of things that happen to make that uh, work. But, you know, if anybody would make it work, it would be Tom Brady. Well, I mean, you said Garoppolo to the Bucks, so you can figure out a way to make there a trade, go. send some picks, um, you know, to, to Tampa Bay and, you know, make it happen. <laughs> We solved it there. It's done. Well, look for, for, for the sake of your, uh, readership for, for your sake of your, uh, you know, we got to get subscriptions to the athletics. So for the sake of your bottom line, the Matt Barrows business, Tom Brady would be good. So I, uh, I hope for you, it works out. <laughs> All right. Yeah, no, that would, uh, that would break the internet. Uh, I think if he uh, ends up here, uh, it would, uh, definitely read Matt stuff over on the, uh, our 49ers. Uh, page on the athletic and obviously jimmy garoppolo it appears one way or the other is going to get moved so matt's the guy to follow i matt i really appreciate it we'll talk soon all right ben talk to you soon all right that's it for this episode of the podcast many thanks to michael phillips brian mcnally and matt barrows for their time appreciate everyone here of course listening to the podcast and subscribing uh and following me on twitter and all that fun stuff uh more to come next week the offseason is in full gear now. It, trades could happen hypothetically at any time with regards to the quarterbacks. It could be free agent moves. We will have to see. There's a lot to consider for sure. But we'll get back into more of this next week uh, on the podcast. But that is it for now. Ben Standick signing off. Have a great weekend. Until next time, see you.